Why, hey there. My name is Darcy Jeremy, and you're listening to another episode of the Business of Ergonomics podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the emerging theme of the great resignation. What does this mean for you as an ergonomics consultant, and how can we serve our clients knowing this information? Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. So today's episode is brought to you by the Accelerate program. Accelerate gives you my signature process and time-saving resources to go from your city's best-kept secret to the in-demand ergonomic consultant that you've always dreamed of. I'll be opening enrollment in September. So if you're interested and you want to learn more about this program, head to ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. And in saying that, what I want to share with you today is actually based on this article. It's the great resignation, how employers drove workers to quit. And it's by Kate Morgan of the BBC, published July 1st, 2021. As I share some of the key learnings from this article, it's all in the frame of why it would be so useful to us as an ergonomic consultant in your city to know this. Because if it's happening in these companies that I talk about today, why wouldn't it be also happening in the companies in your area? If we know this information, how can we serve our clients better to address these concerns? And lastly, As I'm talking about these facts and figures, I'm sure you're going to be thinking of opportunities that you can develop some sort of service offering that you hadn't thought of before that can help companies address these. So let's talk about this idea of the great resignation. And the really interesting, or maybe the obvious aspect of all of these facts is that it's an emergent property of what was going on in those companies prior to the pandemic. And since the pandemic, employees are leaving the workforce or switching jobs in droves. For many, the employers have played a big part in why they're walking away. Workers are opting to leave unsupportive employers and transition to jobs which they feel like they have better resources and are more cared for. Really interesting as ergonomics consultants here. Companies with effective employee culture that employees feel good about must have some sort of ergonomics program. Data over the years have always shown that the thing people care about the most is how companies treat their employees. It's actually quite simple. How employees work, what happens if they are experiencing pain related to their jobs, really can no longer be ignored. Here is one really effective 
fact about this whole process and really why it's so important is that it, it takes six to nine months to onboard someone so that it can be really and fully effective in their roles. And if a company is consistently looking for employees, how prosperous will that company be? They're going to be more training than building revenue and building their business, of course. Let's talk some statistics. A Microsoft survey of more than 30,000 global workers showed that 41% of the workers were considering quitting or changing professions this year. And a study from an HR company called Personio of workers of the UK and Ireland showed that 38% of those surveyed plan to quit in the next six months to a year. In the US alone, April saw more than 4 million people quit their jobs, according to a summary from the Department of Labor. And this is the biggest spike on record. What this article is saying is that for many, the decision to leave has come from a result of the way that the employer has treated them during the pandemic. I'm here to say that, yes, that has an effect, but the seeds have been sown probably for years prior to the pandemic, and the, the pandemic really is the straw that broke the camel's back. This is because workers who pre-pandemic, they may have already been teetering on the edge of quitting with poor existing company culture, and they were pushed to a breaking point. This is because, and it's evidenced by a recent Stanford study, that many of these companies with bad environments doubled down on decisions that did not support workers, such as layoffs, while conversely, companies that had good cultural support tended to treat employees way better. And it drove out already disgruntled workers who survived the layoffs, but could plainly see that they weren't getting the support. And the support can really mean so much. It could be that it's wages, benefits, security, opportunities for advancement, safety, and commitment to equity. So as professionals in ergonomics, maybe you're surprised to learn that the term ergonomics wasn't literally addressed into these metrics that employees were looking for in their careers. And of course, as people who are very passionate about ergonomics, it's kind of a, a hit below the belt, if you know what I'm saying. But here's the thing, often ergonomics leads to that feeling of safety or commitment to equity or security or even a benefit. So it's rare that the benefits of ergonomics will be addressed by the literal term ergonomics, because I really feel that most companies aren't even aware of the jargon of how much ergonomics is. But ergonomics is an emergent property of safety and health, so it will be represented as those, and it's included in that. So as ergonomics consultants looking to get more reach and bring in more revenue for your businesses, knowing that divide, that 
employers and companies won't necessarily care about better ergonomics in their company or doing an ergonomics audit or having an amazing return to work program. Rather, they want to give their employees a good company culture. And even that is a bit jargony, right? But you can see it's very clear with these statistics. And many people and many employees would say that they would take a pay cut to work for a company that aligns with their values. And that's across the board. People would do this. So I think this is a really interesting way to, again, position our services aligned with what organizations want with a really effective workplace culture and climate. And yes, ergonomics does play a really big role in this, even if it's not explicitly addressed in how people think about their work. But I bet you, and this is a really common thing that I hear from employees who are disgruntled, it is a very big fact when they know that the employers aren't taking their health and safety and productive productivity seriously. So knowing that the great resignation is bringing about meaningful and long-term change to the workplace culture, will companies invest more in their employees going forward? And I believe this is a yes. It's becoming very clear that what was happening before the pandemic is that a real increase in what people are looking for in terms of their expectations of the CEOs and companies is having this workplace culture, specifically for those folks that are very talented. It's become compulsory for companies to make serious investments in their employees' wages, opportunities, and overall well-being, and ergonomics plays a huge role in that. I really believe something that is very different, perhaps from other ergonomics consultants that you've talked to and maybe trained you in the past. And it's that this whole knowledge and experience that we have as ergonomics consultants is a bit of a commodity. It really is until you can get that contract with that workplace. And why is that? Well, the employer doesn't necessarily care about ergonomics. They don't care that you've worked with Fortune 500 companies. They don't care that you have all these really creative, low-cost solutions if how you're expressing the value of ergonomics is not aligned with how that person perceives the culture and their values in that organization. Your messaging has to be aligned with that organization's ideals for them to see what you're doing for you to have traction. A really good example of this is temperature. Okay, so I'm Canadian and many of the members of my programs are American. I also have mastermind friends who are in the States as well. So we'll talk about temperature and because I'm Canadian, we use the Celsius system in the States, as you know, Fahrenheit is used. So especially in the winter, I would say things like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's zero degrees today, which is freezing. 
or in the summer, I would say things like, it's 30 degrees today, it's very hot. Well, it would take minutes of us to try to figure out every time we say things like this, and they might say, oh, it's 90 degrees Fahrenheit today. So it would take literally minutes of us to say, is that hot? That's really hot, right? Or that's really cold. Often we would have to go to some sort of conversion website and just convert those temperatures. So we knew that we were talking the same language and I could really understand what the temperature was like there because I'm really interested in that. I want to see what their day-to-day is like. And it's interesting to see different parts of the world and how the temperature is. So this is a really interesting conversation because we're both talking about weather, but we use different terms to reference it. Likewise, you and your client could both be talking about ergonomics, but they could be using things like culture or benefits to describe it. And you could just be using the term ergonomics. They might not even realize that the jargon is off. So without addressing the jargon differences and how you're both addressing the same terms and maybe adjusting the terms in your messaging, we're not going to strike a nerve and we're not going to get our ideal client's attention. And that's why doing your due diligence and marketing is so important because it's no longer experience or content to get into that client. Of course, it's really important to be able to provide superior customer service to get into that organization or that client, that company, will mean how we represent our services must be aligned with what the important values of what our client has. And if you can master that, then we can provide immense value for the great resignation. So I hope that you found that this this was a really interesting episode. And I hope that it shifted how you move forward in your marketing and you can see the value that there's a huge need for companies to have these sort of things put in place, but they might not even realize what you're offering is what they need. So keep that in mind. And I think this is such a cool article that I'm going to be making this into an infographic that I can share with the members of Accelerate. So if you're interested in getting your hands on this infographic that you can put your own label on and share as part of your marketing campaigns, then you'll just have to be a part of Accelerate. You can join that wait list so you can be first in line when I open enrollment in September. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I can't wait to chat to you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. So if you like what you heard in this podcast episode and you want to learn more, you want to learn how other healthcare professionals are already adding office ergonomic expertise to their services and practice, I have a training for you. All you have to do is head to ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. That's ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. And you can get started today.